Ladies and gentlemen, grab a beer, gather around. The boys are freaking back in style, and guess what? The Triple F is finally whole again, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Triple F freaking podcast, baby. The boys are finally back in full force this week. Not a soul missing from our crew. We got everybody gathered around a podcast, Mike. We got some rain in the uh, finally on the ground. You know, it's a beautiful night for podcasting. So let's crack some beers and have a good time. Our farming boys over there. We got everybody in the studio. Eric, Dane, Chad, y'all finally got a shower. How does it feel to just actually feel moisture coming through the air? Uh, Chad, I know that you are, you know, dying to get some hay out of the field, but, you know, how's it feeling? It's good. I actually took a, you know, I take a shower about once a week. So this was, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting those averages up. But it feels really good. It, the weather's been nice. Ever since Sunday, the humidity's been up in the morning and, there's a lot to bitch about, but I'm very thankful that we got some pretty nice weather right now. Yeah, at least at least we got something. I mean, this rain wasn't much to – I mean, it's just barely putting a dent into it. It just wasn't quite enough of what we needed. Um, the scary thing now is you hope that all that weed that we dusted in doesn't just sprout and die. Don't know if a quarter inch is enough to get it up. Kind of hoping it's not. Sounds weird, but you're almost hoping it's not enough to get it up because if – if that happens, then it's going to sprout and die. But other than that, we got uh, looking at the forecast, even though there are a bunch of liars that run the forecast, uh, we've got a hard freeze coming up next week. It looks like a couple of them. And, uh, I mean, that can mean a lot of things. Uh, the main thing is if you have any Milo out there that you haven't sprayed or it's not even really that close, that freeze is going to help turn it to where it's uh, ready for harvest. It'll take about a week or so. And so there's a few people out there waiting on it. And uh, another thing out there, some people are uh, grazing hay grazer and stuff like that. And if it gets a hard freeze on it, then that can get really high in nitrates and uh, right after a freeze. So a lot of people like to move cattle right off of that hay grazer, uh, either before the freeze or, you know, right after it happens just to protect the healthier cattle. Yeah, the, the most exciting thing with that freeze coming is maybe we will kill some damn flies mm-hmm. because they are horrible Sounds right now, just... and it is getting old. So maybe we'll take care of those this weekend. Um, the fall for us, especially around here, as most people that listen to us know, this is our best time for weather. Like This is the nicest weather we have in the Panhandle, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. When it's, it's hoodie weather, you get to put on that quarter zip in the morning or that hoodie or whatever. Just We don't have a lot of wind typically in the fall. Um, it, it's kind of, it's kind of the one time of the year where it's, it seems enjoyable around here. Do y'all ever make the mistake of leaving the house with a hoodie and a jacket, taking them off during the day and forgetting them overnight? <laughs> so you got to freeze your ass off the next morning going back out to your pickup to get oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Those 40 degree, like... Uh, weather swings that we have this time of year are brutal if you forget a jacket. <laughs> yeah, this is the time of year where you've got to wear a short sleeve, but you've also got to always have your car hearts. <laughs> you've always got to have both and be ready for, for whatever the day throws at you. Eric, you've taken on a new farming adventure this year. You know, you're farming in two territories now. Um, talk a little bit about how this has kind of been for you, the family, you know, the whole process, you know, Go in a little bit on that, on how it's, you know, been having to drive back and forth. Are you enjoying the new challenge? Is it something that keeps you going? Uh, I know you came off a long day today, but you showed up for the trip left, baby. Uh, it's been fun, so It's been an interesting year. We've learned a lot. Um, we've been keeping the roads hot, I'll tell you that. Uh, we and, and actually, Chad can relate to this because Flatland bought one of these trailers as well, a detached trailer, but... That thing has saved our lives. So if you don't know what it is, the, the tongue of this trailer detaches and you can load up big equipment. And there's really nothing you can't stick on that thing and haul around. And we've kept the roads hot with it, but, uh, but it's been fun. I'll tell you what, the Stratford Inn Motel, <laughs> not too bad. And they got a donut shop there in Stratford that's also not too bad. They, things are, those guys in Stratford, it, they, got, they don't know how good they have it. So can you hit it right to where, like, you leave 
the barn with a piece of equipment, grab a Lucy's burrito, and then catch a donut for dessert on your way in before lunch. Well, if you have a day like today, it's like back and forth. I don't know how many times. So you can understand how those truckers can get overweight in a hurry. <laughs> well, hats off and a triple F shout out to all those, you know, hole in the wall places that do us right. Um, you know, Brent. Talk a little bit about, you know, we, we now that we let the farming guys have their shine a little bit, um, you know, talk a little bit about, um, you know, th- we we're seeing, you know, a lot of, you know, the injury. This approach whenever it's your turn to, you know, work on these guys and stuff like that. Like, is it is. How is it? How is it? I'm sorry, y'all cut out and zoned out, so I thought y'all stopped listening halfway through the question. <laughs> uh, not sure what the question was, Slade. Talking about injuries, you know, it's that time of the year. Things are adding up for these football teams. Um, you hate to see it. It's just part of the game, you know. I'm sorry, I screwed you over. <laughs> All right. Not our greatest start, but I'm going to blame that one on the technical difficulties. Um, let's just start talking about A&M or something. Let's get this off of, off of me. Okay. Where's the athlete? What was that? Yeah, we probably should go to commercial. Oh, boys. So let me tell you what. Football is fun when you're not disappointed. It was a good weekend. You know, the Cowboys couldn't disappoint me. The Aggies couldn't disappoint me. It was pretty fun to watch football weekend when you're not disappointed. Um, you know, bye week for the Ags. It sounds like everyone's getting back to good to, to 100% health. Um, you know, they're getting their rehab in and they're getting their time off. And so we're going to go play South Carolina this week. Luckily, they're not, you know, they're not doing too hot. Shane Beamer, he's down bad. He, uh, his team pissed him off so bad he like kicked something and he broke a broke a bone in his foot. So if that tells you anything about how their season is going, it could be you know it always could be worse. So we'll see what happens. We we should take care of business. I I think this game is a good opportunity for the Axe to get back on track. They they don't have a great defense. I hope that our offense kind of gets rolling again. Our defensive line should probably put up 10 sacks on, on Spencer Rattler this week. So hopefully we watch that happen. Um, this is one of those games you just you want to get them back on track, get the confidence back um, before we go play Ole Miss next week. And just kind of hit the reset button and let's let's get on the right track here. I'm, I'm feeling good about it, and uh, we just got to go take care of business. I agree, Brent. Uh, it's a get-right game. I want to see our offense – be explosive. Uh, were you surprised, Brent, at the 14-point line? We're 14-point favorites in this game. Are you surprised at that a little bit? Yes. Yes and no. I, I think that everyone expects the Ags the to get back on track. And I think it's going to happen. But, geez, I mean, you just never know. Jimbo, you just never know. I don't know what's going to happen. But I, I do think the Ags are going to cover. I think we're going to go out – and we're going to get back to throwing the ball down the field and letting our, our playmakers play. Let Evan Stewart go up and get it. So I really do think that we're going to we're going to cover that cover that large large spread. Yeah, I was I I was just surprised it was that high. I don't know. That seemed I expected ten and a half, eleven, something like that. I saw fourteen. I was like, wow, a lot of people have a lot of faith. In I think Vegas must still have a little bit of faith in you if they're saying that. So yeah, hopefully. Hopefully we got right, and like you said, I, would, I just want to see us be explosive on offense. Yeah, I will say I did almost consider that for my super dogs because I can see this going one of two ways. I see AM either coming in and just kicking the shit out of them and it being you know a horrible bad beat to put me way down in the super dogs, or I see the same team that, you know, showed up and stuck around with Georgia and, you know, just has that flash and that flair and just comes out and makes A&M sweat and then they're all of a sudden reeling again and it comes down to the wire. So I almost wagered uh, my entire Superdogs lifespan on that game. But ultimately, I I feel like y'all are on the right track. I think that the Ags come out and, you know, they get back on track this week. Um, Speaking of on track this week, 
how about the Big Ten going off the rails with all this, you know, cheating talk and all this, you know, garbage? Chad, whenever you see something like that, where is your head at whenever it comes to Michigan and Coach Harbaugh and how this whole thing is playing out? Whose side are you on? And, you know, what what does this all mean for the Big Ten in college football? Thanks, Slate. My first reaction is I'm pissed because I've bet against Michigan twice this year in the Superdogs. And now I think I'm going to blame that why I'm so far behind in the Superdog. <laughs> My second reaction is, is I love it. It's kind of hilarious how many people are getting upset about this because I still don't understand what the big what the big penalty they broke is. There's a I know everybody here kind of listens to Colin Coward and Joel Klatt made a good point today that okay if you're speeding over the limit by one mile an hour. Yeah, you're going to be upset that you get a ticket, but technically you did break the law. I just want to throw that reference because I thought that was a pretty good comparison. I still just don't understand what everybody's pissed off about. What are y'all thinking? Well, like, whenever Slate texted the group about it, we were talking about it a little bit, and Slate said, when did scouting ever stop? You know, I kind of agree with that. That's a great point that you made there, Slate. And I don't think that it really should be illegal. I mean, if he was videoing it, yeah, maybe that's a little sketchy. I personally didn't have a problem with it. It kind of feels like what the NFL is doing with the whole talk about uh, outlawing the tush push. No one can do it like the Eagles. Hell, why can't Michigan go and recruit and steal signs? And a lot of these coaches are really sticking up for Michigan saying, hey, we try and get the edge any way we can. Like, There's there's nothing wrong with doing a little scouting. Yeah, like that. yeah that's, my, that's my thinking on it. Yeah, my, my take on the whole deal is like, you know, that old saying, like, people throw rocks at things that shine. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. Michigan's finally kind of reached that spot they want to be. I just feel like everybody's kind of taking these weird jabs at them. And, and, like, this is just kind of a reach for somebody that threw this out there and made these allegations. And um, and maybe they were doing it, maybe they weren't. But, like, every sports commentator said, every single team is doing this. Yeah. So I, I just kind of think somebody's just upset that Michigan's kind of got to that top tier of college football programs, and, and they're just kind of trying to bring them down a little, smear them a little bit. Yep. Yeah, I think Colin Cowherd also made a pretty good point whenever he was comparing it to, you know, Tom Brady and Deflate Gate. He goes, so you're telling me if Kirk Cousins comes in and he's got super, you know, aired up ball or super deflated ball, people are going to raise hell on Tuesday? No, they're probably just going to be like, okay. But it was Tom Brady that did it. It was the Patriots that did it in their prime. Now it's Michigan that's doing it. And, you know, to go back on that same analogy that Joel Klatt said, you know, it's one mile an hour over the speed limit. You're breaking it. But I would bet almost everybody is going one mile an hour over. You know how many camera angles, how many film angles these guys get? They have every camera angle they could possibly want. I don't think it's that huge of an advantage to have a guy sitting in the stands watching the game. You know, they get everything they need. You're telling me that everybody doesn't have, you know, somewhat of a keen eye to the play calls coming in. I mean, it's 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 like it's like Eric said, it's just throwing rocks on something that's shining. And I, th- I just think it's total horseshit, to be honest. Basically, every time they, they zoom in on the coach, his face you get a good picture of the big play card that they have that has every single play that they run so i feel like everyone's got everyone's got each other's play card on there so i i don't see why this has been such a big deal like eric said it's because michigan's doing so well this year i feel like do do y'all think there is one school out there that's been paying a guy to do the same thing that connor stallions is but they suck (laughs) <laughs> like, I'm just going to pick a random team, but what if Texas Tech is doing that? And they're just like, I can tell you one thing, what Texas is, Tech, yeah. they're doing it. They're not doing it very This guy is taking us for thousands just to go watch free football. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are we wasting all this money? That's what I was, saying. I was like, how do you sign up for that job? <laughs> What's funny is yeah, he's, I can... he's the one that got fired, and he's getting all the flack for it. He's doing exactly what they told him. He got him to, to see do. some amazing football games over the last three years. <laughs> Yeah, if Tech's doing it, Jake Strong is not getting the message onto the field because that boy has not read a coverage to save his entire life. Um, <laughs> moving on to, you know, we'll, I guess we'll go ahead and, you know, bite the bullet and get this Texas Tech football talk over with. Um, you know, Tech came in, it was a hard week, and, you know, we didn't, we played without Baron Morton, our, you know, second string, but our starting quarterback the rest of the way. And, 
So we had to start, you know, true freshman, third string, Jake Strong for his first true start in his college football career. And needless to say, it truly could not have gone worse. Um, Texas Tech won in pretty much every statistical category except for five turnovers to none. And, you know, I don't want to pick on a guy whenever he's down, but Dane, how do you feel about Jake Strong moving forward and this team moving forward if Baron Morton can't ever get fully healthy? I mean, how do you feel about Texas Tech football going forward? Well, Slade, uh, I'm glad you asked that. Uh, you know, the Texas Rangers are going to the World Series for the first time since 2011. <laughs> That's a great point. Uh, they did have a great game the, the other night. Uh, that was one of the best game sevens. You know, if you're the if you're the Rangers fan, that's for sure. But you know, we do have to talk about Texas Tech a little bit. Um, you know, Jake Strong. I don't know how much you can blame on him. You know, how much was it? You know, Taj Brooks not being used to the new quarterback and stuff like that. But you saw today already. You know, media stuff coming out showing Baron Morton throwing in practice, and I'm kind of like, hey. Let's give him a few more days. Let's make sure he's fully good to go because we need him the rest of the season. Do you really think that like that's a good move, or is it just desperation to keep the fans in it by showing Baron Morton slinging it in practice right now? Yeah, Slade, that's a good question. I guess I do probably need to talk about Texas Tech a little bit. Um, the Texas Tech women's soccer team are now Big 12 champions. That's true. Those girls did play their butts off in this whole season. Um, you know, they've, they've done really great, but um, I, I, can't, I can't be the only one sitting here talking about tech football. I mean, could you have ever imagined that we'd be, you know, sitting in this position where BYU crushed our spirits on Saturday, and now we have to win, I think it's four out of the next five, or maybe it's three out of the next four, however many are left, uh, and Texas still left on the schedule, so you have to beat Kansas, TCU, and UCF. And, you know, those are very winnable games, but, you know, Tech is just not who we thought they were. And, you know, how how desperate is it going to be if, you know, we only win two out of these games, one of these games? I mean, is it going to be hard to keep the fans in it moving into the offseason? Well, uh... <laughs> great points all around, Dane. Uh, I could count on you, brother. Um, you know. Yep. All right. So moving on to the NFL talk, you know, it was it was a good week. Like you said, the Cowboys didn't play. It was a great week for me until the Cardinals, you know, broke my spirits. Um, you know, Eric, I'm sorry. I know that you fullheartedly believed in my Cardinals to keep it close. But um, un uh, unfortunately, you know, Josh Dobbs is just not him like we thought he was. Um, but another guy who we've always thought was him was Justin Herbert, and now he's getting kind of some flack because of his fourth quarter stuff, and, you know, he's losing these tight games. But, I mean, Chadillac, come to the defense of your quarterback and, you know, tell us why there is no reason to worry about Justin Herbert and what do the Chargers need to do in your mind these next few weeks to keep your faith in the organization? They could start with firing every coach hired. Every, everyone, <laughs> Kellen, Kellen Moore has gone scoreless in the second half three times this year. I'm sure he's – I think he can still be confident that no OC can overcome that head coach. I don't know if that's possible. And I love Justin Herbert. Everybody that doesn't like him this year, stay, go ahead and just get off this bandwagon before it gets going. Uh, really what I see, he's, he is missing throws, but he's, he's being a baller more this year. He's running it more. He's fighting more. I think he's – growing a lot, I'd still like to see him, me and Jake Gouldy talked about this, I'd like to see him make a true fourth quarter comeback once, or actually get the ball down a few points and actually go make a drive. I still like what I see from him. I think he's got a lot of ways to go, but just I don't know that anybody can overcome this coaching staff right now. I feel so, I love Justin Herbert, too. Like, I love the guy, and he has no time. Like, it is, mm -hmm. it is crazy how much he's being pressured, and he's getting hit in the mouth, like, every throw. But the deal that I texted in the group this weekend watching that game, it's like, you're in the same division as Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. You play them twice a year. We all know, every single person that watches the NFL as casual fans w knows what Kelsey and Mahomes do. 
Kelsey sits in the holes and zones, and he's just the ultimate, like, go-to guy for Mahomes. Mm-hmm. It's not a secret, right? So why did Staley, Brandon Staley, continue to sit in these zone, these weak zone defenses, and he gave up 170-something yards yeah. mm-hmm. to Travis Kelsey, a dozen catches, a touchdown? It was like... Like, I've never been on, like, elite level. Like, I've never been, like, next level, like, inside the coaches' rooms and, like, watching film with, like, elite minds. Like, I'm just a very casual football fan. And it was so obvious to me. So if it's that obvious to me, how are they not figuring it out? What I I just don't get is, like, I mean, how much – what else could Brandon Staley do to get fired? I mean, he's done everything he possibly could to get fired besides win a handful of games with – Arguably, I mean, top five quarterback in the league, I'm pretty confident in saying that. I mean, they, that organization could be wasting Herbert's talent, and, you know, you never know anybody's longevity, but they could be wasting his prime. There was a moment this week. It made me feel sick, but I was like, man, if we just had Philip Rivers for one more game, like, <laughs> just cussing people out, mother effing people up and down, like, that is what we need so bad. It's just somebody there to hold everybody accountable. And at this point, like you said, I don't know why he's not fired, but it's like, why not give the next guy the opportunity? Like, from here on out, you have no expectations. Let's just make it a free range. Who can do this in-house? And if nobody can, we clearly need to clean the whole slate and bring in some new guys. This is the best time you could, you know, roll the dice on Kelly Moore. Just see what you got, because with Staley, the way they've been these first six, seven games... They're not a playoff team. See what you got in Kellen Moore. If he can't get anything done, then yeah, I will say tear it down. This is a classic. Nobody loves the Chargers, and they beat the shit out of the team spot. Mm-hmm. Just they usually do this type of thing. So keep that in mind, Slade. Yeah, I. And this is just a gut feeling. I don't have a lot of like data to back up this opinion, but. I truthfully don't think Kellen Moore is the answer as the head coach. So like Dan was saying, this is kind of the perfect chance because, you know, if you fire Brandon Staley now and put Kellen Moore up at the head coach position, you can kind of justify if he doesn't well, you can you can say, all right, you know, we do need to go to a new head coach. We do need to go, you know, if Coach Harbaugh comes out of Michigan, you know, put all the chips in front of him and say, you know, come on, come on. And I think that mainly they need to have a vocal head coach for their next head coach because that's one of the things that you can say about Justin Herbert. And it's not a negative. There's plenty of different ways to be a quarterback in the NFL, but he's not going to be that huge vocal guy barking people down Tom Brady style on the sidelines. That's not his style. You know, he's very reserved, doesn't really love to interact with the media that much. It seems like he just loves to ball and he's just a baller. So you need that head coach to be, you know, that ass chewer, that big vocal guy on the sideline, the high energy guy. Cause when Justin Herbert gets on the field, it's nothing but energy, but off the field, you don't feel that energy as much personally. I've never, I haven't felt it. So I think they need that juice guy for the next head coach. To your point, Slade, like what would that team look like if Dan Campbell walked in that locker room tomorrow? You know, like a guy like that, you know, like they, what you're saying, Slade, exactly. I mean, I think somebody, like him could turn it around overnight. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, Dan Campbell is just a football guy, and he just seems like a guy you'd want to play for. But watching them get the crap kicked out of him, and, you know, it still seemed like they were playing their butts off and Lamar Jackson was just having his way in every single which way. How much do you all take, like, value in these games like that where it's kind of an anomaly? We haven't seen the Lions look like that all year, but – Lamar Jackson just shows out and, you know, beats the crap out of the team he doesn't see very often. Dane, what's the value in that? Do you see the Lions as frauds today, or do you think it was just a bad team on a bad day? I feel like everybody, every good team in the NFL, they always have one letdown week. No matter how good they are, they always have a letdown week. No matter when it is, early, late, I mean, Chiefs, they got their asses kicked by the Lions week one, and ever since then they've been great. Every team has a letdown. I think that everybody that starts calling them frauds, I think they need to pump the brakes and, you know, wait wait a few and see because, you know, the Ravens, they're one of those teams where whenever Lamar Jackson's humming and their receivers are actually catching the ball, there's nobody that's going to beat them. But they always have those letdown games where 
The receivers can't catch the ball, or maybe Lamar Jackson's having an off game. Lions, this is their one letdown, or I guess second letdown of the year. I think pump the brakes, give the Lions a little bit of a break. They've been so bad for so long, you can't expect them to be elite right now at this moment. I think you make a good point, Dane. And kind of look at the 49ers. Everyone's kind of starting to panic about them, but I don't think there's any need to. Um, the Cowboys, everyone's, you know, the NFC, I just don't think that there's a, I think besides the 49ers being the clear-cut favorite, after that it's pretty muddy in there with the Cowboys and uh, the Lions and I don't even know, you could throw in some crazy teams in there, but I don't, I don't think that the Lions should panic. I think they're going to be just fine. I'm going to disagree. I think the Eagles should be up there at the very top. Um, you know, the 49ers are up there, but they're showing some humility. I think the Eagles are starting to find, you know, their way. And Jalen Hurts kind of seems a little bit banged up. If he can get healthy, that roster is freaking loaded. Up on the level of the 49ers loaded. I mean, it is it is going to be a, you know, scary, you know, durability test throughout the year with these NFC teams. But if Philadelphia can stay healthy, if the 49ers can stay healthy, I mean, those two teams are, you know, Super Bowl winner-worthy teams coming out of the NFC. So it's not like it's all trash. It's just very separated from elite to bottom. Me and Wade Meyer were talking today, and I think we both agreed. And I think y'all will agree, too. If I can have my way and have a dream scenario for the NFC title game, it's fourth and one, you know, fourth and goal from the one. Eagles are doing the tush push, and Lions have to stop them. And Dan Campbell is screaming his ass off, and people are slapping each other. He would go put and, on a helmet. Yeah. <laughs> I just just think about that scenario, and I think it could really happen. It's like, don't overreact just yet. It's week seven, eight, whatever it is. Just, I just think that would be a really cool, really fun NFC game right there. Well, and we talked about, like, going into this year, it was how weak the NFC was and how stacked the AFC was. Well, now I'm not saying those AFC teams aren't good, but, like, you do look at – I mean – I'm going to say the Cowboys, but they're at the bottom of this list. But Cowboys, Lions, Eagles, 49ers, I mean, you don't really want to play any of those guys right now, especially the 49ers and Eagles who kind of look like they're on a different level. And it feels like, you know, the AFC, the top dog, I guess, would be the Chiefs right now. I mean, it seems like they're fairly beatable at this point. I mean, the only team that's unbeatable is the Jets right now. A lot of parody in the AFC, except for those J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 baby. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great look. And Brent, you brought up um, you brought up the 49ers. Now everybody's kind of needs to pump the brakes on them. But I want to throw this one out there to y'all. Brock Purdy probably not playing this week in concussion protocol. Sam Darnold starting. Is there a chance that Sam Darnold comes in and is the guy? Because, you know, they've seen Brock Purdy look human for the last two weeks. Sam Darnold comes in and lights it up. Brock Purdy has another off week the next week. You know, could this be another quarterback carousel between these two after we're starting to see, you know, Mr. Irrelevant starting to look, you know, like he's human? That Chad, screams, how are you feeling about this? That, oh, sorry. that screams 49ers if that is the case. Like that would just be the most 49ers thing ever if Sam Darnold came in and threw for 350 yards and three touchdowns, no picks. I mean, that that would just be the most perfect scenario right there. And then at that point, they're going to be thinking, shit, maybe we need to trade Brock Purdy to the Cowboys or something. I, yes, that would be fun, and I hope it happens. Because Colin, Colin Coward will be, un, will be unbelievable because he loves <laughs> Sam Darnold so much. But Sam Darnold's in that echelon of, like, Trevor Lawrence, who else, Matt Stafford, they try to lose the game on three throws every game. So like, so unforgivable throws. And I can just see him doing that and Kyle Shanahan losing his shit. Mm-hmm. And then they'll go to their third stream. I really hope it works out for him. For yeah. I loved, I, I loved seeing um, two, two of my favorite plays from that 49ers game was when Brock Purdy threw the interception and they immediately cut Kyle Shanahan rolling his eyes harder than anybody has ever rolled his eyes possible. It was ridiculous. And I'm just like, damn, this guy is so fed up with not having consistent quarterback play. 
Slade, what I was going to say is, you know, you were talking about watching that game. Well, I didn't watch much of that game. We, we hinted on it earlier with Dane, but we don't talk much baseball on here, but we've got to give a shout-out to the Texas Rangers, man. They, this team, like, I'm a very, very casual baseball fan. You know, I, I don't really watch games. I kind of keep up with where teams are at. You get into this deal, and, and a lot of my wife's, um, all of my in-laws, they are all Astros fans. They love the Astros. Did you say a lot of my wife? A lot of my wife's family is like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if I was so, right, sorry. A lot of my in-laws are Astros fans. Die hard. They, they've been following them. They love them. They, whatever, they're passionate about it. And as, you know, as a very casual Rangers fan, it's been a quiet 10 years, you know, mm-hmm. since we were in high school, really, mm-hmm. that they were relevant. And, um, Anyway, this has been a – that was such a fun series to watch. And this Rangers team, if you haven't – if you're not much on the baseball, just watch. Like, they are so likable. This is such a likable team. Awesome manager, awesome players all the way around. So, shout out to the Texas Rangers. We can't go – you know, we got to at least shout them out. Yeah, absolutely. Adolis Garcia, I mean, I'm also the most casual, you know, baseball fan there is out there, but – I mean, that dude comes with some juice whenever he goes up to bat, and he is he is fun to watch. They're all fun to watch, and, man, it, it felt good to see those, you know, trash can banging cheaters go out, you know, with their tails tucked. So, um, you know, do you all have any big predictions or, you know, I know we kind of hinted that we're all, um, you know, casual fans. Are there any big bets out there, any big locks for how you all feel this uh, you know, World Series is going to play out? Well, I mean, just as the casual fan I am, looking at what other people have said, I mean, everybody's saying the Rangers should win. Like, we should – the Rangers should win. Whether that will happen, I don't know. I do have a funny little story about it. Uh, my Uncle Roger, he is a big baseball fan. He loves the Rangers. And uh, after the Rangers lost game three, right? Game three is the first one they lost <laughs> After they lost game three, when game four started, I bet 30 bucks on the Astros, and I sent it to him, and I said, hey, don't worry. We're not going to drop two games in a row. I got you. Well, then Astros won, so I doubled down the next time. I said, I never win two bets in a row. It just doesn't happen. Well, the, Rangers, or the Astros won again. I was like, what the hell? This is all backwards. Well, I was going to bet the Astros again on Sunday night for game six, but I forgot to bet it in time before it started, and then they won, so I stayed away in game seven. So, hell, this is the first time not betting makes me feel a little confident. (laughs) (laughs) So you're saying the key is to not pay Dane to bet against our opponents like we previously thought was our strategy to win in the series. Okay, good to know. Uh, (laughs) Moving on, you know, we want to save a little bit more time for this next segment because we feel like it's going to be an electric, it's going to be an iconic, and an all-time triple-left draft, baby. Dane, tell the people what's coming up and why this one is going to take a little extra something on the time scale. All right. Thank you, Slade. So we have been saving this draft where we had all six of us in here to do it because it is just going to be so much fun. All five of us. Sorry. My bad. Math is hard. Um, All five of us here to do it. And so we've been saving it because there's so many different ways we could go. So what we're going to do is we're going to draft – Childhood games. So these are any games that you played before you were about the age of 13. So this is anything from a PE game to a game that you and two of your other buddies played at home when y'all were just hanging out or a birthday party, whatever. Um, so that's that's what we're doing. Chad, you got the first overall pick. Take it away. There's a lot to choose from, and everybody listening out there, I'm sure you have your own favorite one in mind, but... My my favorite game, and this is this is a game where boys became men, and you separated the weak from the strong. And there really doesn't have a true name, but I'll call it trampoline cage match. And it's pretty simple. You have twelve, you know, elementary age kids on a trampoline, and who can be the last one standing? Some call it king of the hill. Just trampoline cage match, any way possible, be the last one standing. It. I kind of get excited just thinking about it again. That was my all-time favorite game growing up, right there. 
great pick, Chad, and you've never won because your older sister was Renee. And she <laughs> always won. And if she didn't win, it's because Janine Auckland was over and beat the shit out of all of them. <laughs> great call. That's a great pick. Um, I So this one, this pick for me is easy because in PE, I would die for this game. I would do anything to play dodgeball again. That is the absolute number one for me all time. I I I don't know. You just couldn't beat it. I remember Chad. I hit Ashley George in the face. Right in the forehead. I broke her glasses. Right <laughs> I mean, I had, I had a cannon slayed. You wouldn't believe. Did you throw it over those mountains over there? I throw it over those mountains. I think the little gym is still ringing from that throw. <laughs> oh, and I'm sorry about that. That there's no way in hell Ashley George is listening. But I'm sorry. And uh, no, dodgeball is uh, number one pick. Great pick, Uncle Rico. Love it. <laughs> um, for my number one overall pick, I'm sure there's a lot of a lot of different names for this. And boys, we might get canceled for this one, but I don't care. <laughs> I'm gonna take Smear the Queer. <laughs> Everybody knows that game, and I will say we played it all the pick. time. And I will say Brent made the best queer out of anybody that we ever played. <laughs> Oh, Dane, I'm coming for you here in a little bit. <laughs> so so what you're saying, Eric, is you made Ashley George bleed her own blood. You know, <laughs> Ash- hey, Ashley George, uh, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Pay attention to the five Ds of dodgeball, baby. Uh, since we're going with more like I, I was thinking of this more of, you know, your typical, traditional, iconic ones. But I'm going to throw out a personal favorite. Um, we played it, played it a lot at our house. Um, it had to do with the football, so I loved it. And uh, it had to do with something to where Dane couldn't beat me up all the time. Give me Annie over. Um, so if y'all haven't played this game before, um, we would all play it. So it's you have two teams on each side of the house, and you have a football, one football. And so you would scream Annie, and whenever they scream over, you'd launch it over the house and immediately start charging both sides of the house, and the goal is to tackle the person with the football. But the other team can block, they can hide the football, you know, there's some deception involved. So it was like an all-out war with me and my friends. Uh, I can tell that y'all didn't play this very much growing up, but um, it would turn into a war growing up, and so it was just a fun team game and had to do with the football, so obviously I loved it. Give me Annie over for my first pick. Good pick, Slade. So my my first pick, I think, is going to be Airsoft Gun Wars. And so let me just paint the scene here. So we'd be out at the far, you know, we'd be out at the house, and, and we had all these guns, and we would spend bukus of money on this. And and let me tell you about old Dane Broerman here. He was such a pansy. He anytime you got close to him, he oh, time out, time out, time out, time out. He, he called time out like that's a rule. It was ridiculous. He was. Hey, wait, 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 Brent. You wonder why that was because you gave me that little bullshit Colt twenty five that came in the airsoft pack while you had this AR rebuild of an airsoft gun. Queer. <laughs> that is accurate. We would always give Dane the shitty guns so we could we could get him. Get him good there. Um, so that's my number one pick, Airsoft Gun Wars. Couldn't beat him. I think for my next one, it kind of goes back to P.E. Eric kind of brought back those memories. It's called Steal the Bacon. I don't know. A lot of you might not know the rules on that, but oh, my gosh, this game, it was it, it involved strategy. It involved athleticism. It, it was so fun. It was the coolest game ever. We would get so competitive and so pissed off at each other. It was probably not good, but it was a blast. So still the bacon, that's my number two pick. Yeah, Brent, great pick. I tried to explain that game to Shelby the other day, and she was like, how did you ever get it? Like, that sounds so hard. I was like, oh, I never got it. Trust me. I was like the sacrifice kid, you know, sacrifice to the lamb so that the fast guy could go get it. Uh, moving on, um, something that I was a little bit faster in since my since my uh, land legs aren't good, my sea legs worked out a little bit better. Give me sharks and minnows, and mainly because this one felt so good because it was most of the time you were probably supposed to be working. You probably should have been out. You know, it's a hot day outside, and all you're thinking about is, holy shit, this is way better than farming. And you know, whenever you had your best group of buddies out there. 
Uh, sharks and minnows just hit different back in the day. So give me sharks and minnows for my second pick. Great pick, Slade. That was actually going to be my next one. So great pick. That game was always awesome. Uh, for my second, I'm going to take wall ball. It, everybody who never played it, I think it was pretty popular in Vega. You go up against the old little gym whenever you're in a uh, in uh, what do they call recess. it? Recess. Whenever you're in recess, you got a tennis ball, and everybody throws it at the wall. And uh, if it comes back and hits you, then you got to go touch the wall before the ball gets there, or you're out. And so the goal is to hit as many people as possible, make everybody run really fast. Surprisingly, I was actually the same speed I am now back in fourth grade, which was faster, <laughs> but I had not changed. So give me a wall ball with my second pick. Great pick. That was fun. You can just picture the little gym. Like, everybody <laughs> has that memory. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, slam ball. If you had a if you had a mobile basketball goal and a trampoline anywhere near the same facility, you were putting them together, and it was an all-out slam ball. You know, you're doing the cool dunks. You're blocking the person. It was you basically combined football and basketball and trampoline. What? How can you beat that? Slam ball, especially like certain certain friends' house, you could stay at where they have the perfect trampoline set up. Uh, it hit. It hit hard. Ah, this this been a good draft. My next one, going back to Dane's recess vibes, is just good old recess football. Mm-hmm. You can still drive by there today, and every kid thinks they're Wes Welker. Every quarterback is acting like they're Peyton Manning. That's still you can still hear the walls ringing, Miss Hopper, in between cigarettes. I told y'all no tackling anymore. We're done with that. I just can y'all imagine going back as your six year old selves putting up 300 yards and five touchdowns in recess football? The best part is whenever they call you back in, there's like one more play, one more play, one more and then that turns into one more play, and then one more play. I was never ending. Great. Hey, so coming Great back pick. around to my last pick, this is a specialty one. Not a lot of people got to play this game. This is one my mom liked to play a lot, and it was called Let's Leave My child at church and see if he can find a rock. <laughs> if my sisters are out there listening, Renee, Michelle, Katie, you know y'all played this once or twice too. I swear 10 times in my childhood I got left. And it was always like, please let the Warbacks or Renee Greg Gorman still be here so I can get you right. Because my family done went to all subs and got out of here. They're gone. <laughs> I never lost. I always made it back. Homer Down style. I don't know if y'all ever got a chance to play that game if your parents did. Eric, you got a few kids. You'll be the game maker here pretty quick. I imagine. That's my third pick is... Find your ride home from church. That's hilarious. That's great. <laughs> That's great stuff. Um, for my last pick of the draft, I'm going to go a little bit younger. So you got to think of back to a smaller time. Surely everybody played. Keep the balloon up. So yeah. simple. So simple. Still fun. So fun. And and what's fun now is Weston is we're starting to play with our kids, and it is hilarious because it should be so simple. Diving all over the place to keep this stupid balloon in the air. So give me keep the balloon up. That is a great, great pick. Both of those were really good ones I didn't even have. Uh, for my third, I'm going to go back to the football route. Give me jackpot. Everybody's always got one guy, and he's got to throw it to this group of guys, no matter if it's in the pool, mm-hmm. out on dirt, and it is just an all-out free-for-all for that ball. So give me jackpot with my third. Good picks, fellas. Uh, Chad might have gotten you know the pick of the century on that last pick. Uh, you know, and since all my picks are kind of going a little bit of a nostalgic route for me, I'm gonna take one that only everybody on this podcast will get, and it's a very special type of feeling that nobody else will relate to. Give me hay bale tag. So hay bale tag, it it's exactly what it sounds like. We get on top of the big, tall circle bales, and they're all stacked closely enough to where you can kind of jump in between. One guy is it, and you can't fall off or else you're out. Uh, needless to say, my uncoordinated ass fell through the cracks and fell off pretty pretty often. But, um, you know, normally this came on a day where you were processing or shipping cattle, and 
you grab all your buddies and you go goof off after all the men are out, like actually doing the real work, getting them in the trucks and stuff like that. So, um, you know, growing up, you know, in that area, that was that was one of my favorite things to do and my favorite pastimes to get away from work. So give me Hayvale Tag for my last pick. Slade, that is a phenomenal pick. Just the memories of all the scratches on your legs and arms and how itchy you were after, it really just comes back to you. Um, my third pick, I got to go with Knockout. Uh, such a classic game. Just thinking about playing that in that little gym is so fun. And we just, you know, playing it from the free throw line, from the three-point line, from half court, it was so fun. Give me Knockout for my last pick. Great pick, Brent. Um, that was all we were supposed to do. Honestly, guys, if everybody's got one or two more, y'all want to do one more round of this? Yes. We'll just send it back through, Brent. Brent, all the way up to Chad. So, Brent, give us your fourth. Uh, so, I got a couple. Uh, so, I think I'm going to go a little bit of a different route. It's just like kind of a staple. Thinking about all these. <laughs> Dane, I'm taking it back to when we used to go to your basement and play Call of Duty, the zombie game. That was so fun. We had a great time. Thinking about all those late nights, oh, that was a blast. Give me Call of Duty Zombies. I didn't have an Xbox at home, so it was always a treat to go over to Dane's house and play. It was a blast. Give me that yeah, for Brent, my last pick. Brent had to come to my house to play the cool games because all he had was Sly Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't you shit on Sly Cooper, Dane. <laughs> Can I give a little bit of breaking news here on the podcast, Dane and Brent? Um, it has to do with something, a basement, and, you know, a first experience for me with uh, – can I <laughs> – No, it's like mom listens. We can't let her know yeah, that we, we got – We to can't – yep. We can't let that out of the bag. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I had my – yeah, fine. All right. Fine. I'll keep that one in the box. Um, <laughs> Brent, uh, I, I'm kind of upset. You stole knockout. I, that was like the pick I was saving in my back pocket just in case we did another round. Um, oh man, I'm, I'm going between two all time classics that everybody knows right here. And I'm going to go ahead and take it just because it's so well known, you know, listeners around the world will know this one. Give me the classic hide and seek. Um, you know, if you were in a good area, if you were at somebody's good ha- like house with a lot of like good spots at night, you know, you have all your buddies going. That's a fun game to play. You know, it it can be played. You know, for pretty good ages. I, uh, you know, I, w- I would imagine drunk hide and seek is pretty fun too. I played it with my friends unintentionally a couple times, but uh, hide and seek. I'm gonna take that one because it's just an all time classic that everybody knows. Great pick, Slade. That was going to be my next one, so that really sucks. Um, and I'm between two right here. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with one uh, honorable mention to dunk contest between me, Brent, and Chase. I remember back in the day we would raise it up to like probably eight eight and a half foot to where Chase Lickville couldn't dunk on it yet because he was shorter than us, and he used to get so mad about it. So honorable mention for Chase Lickville there. But I'm gonna go with tip twenty one. That was a game that was a little later on in the in the childhood. That one might have gone a little past 13 years old. That game was always just so much fun. So give me tip 21. That's a great pick. That was one that I was thinking about just a second ago. Uh, I'm going to go with a classic. We played it a little bit at recess. Probably not as much as we should. But, like, we'll still play when we get together with all the captain's family, with all our cousins. Is we'll just play good old Foursquare. And mm-hmm. it is an absolute blast. It is so underrated. And you can still play as an old man. and It doesn't hurt. It's still fun. So give me four squares. Uh, this has been such a fun draft. And the last pick I'm going to have, I think y'all are going to regret not picking. And this goes back to our pool days and just playing the simple old tea game where someone throws a golf tee out in the pool and, every, and then they usually hide it somewhere at the bottom of the pool and everybody's standing around the edge and as soon as you see it, everybody dives in, and whoever gets the team, I think a lot of people are just childhood trauma picks. But, God, that was such a fun game. Everybody just diving, scrapping for a golf tee. So that's my last pick is the tee game. As you can tell, Chad had to fight a lot growing up. Like he had, It was survival of the fittest over there at the Fangman House, especially with Renee around. 
I lost a lot. I, I don't know that I ever won. I built a lot of characters. <laughs> yeah, speaking of fight, had to fight to get a ride home, too. I mean, that's even worse. Um, hey, that was one hell of a draft, boys. Um, I think that was our last round. I don't really know what Dane had planned. Um, but that was one hell of a draft. That was so much fun. Um, you know, we thank y'all for enjoying these drafts. We hope y'all enjoy them as much as we do because we sure have a heck of a lot of fun with them. And, um, you know, one thing we hope y'all are having fun with is laughing at how horrible our super dogs picks are doing week in and week out. Um, you know, if you can't laugh at yourself, then you can't laugh at anything. And boy, our super dog segment is getting a little sketchy at times. And, you know, I hate to start it off this way. I don't mean to, you know, kick a guy while he's down, but, you know, Chad, like we just talked about you getting your ass whooped a lot as a kid growing up. Well, no offense, Bubba, but you're kind of getting your ass kicked in the Superdogs. Uh, Chad uh, lost another 31 and a half points this week after, you know, saying that he just needed a win. Uh, Eric, he lost two points to go down 14 and a half against the spread. Dane was half a point into the plus column. Now he's minus four in the hole after Duke's conundrum. Brent has had three phenomenal weeks to climb up to towards the top. He's sitting 14 and a half points above the spread on the Superdogs. And I had a rough week. Tennessee with a horrible bet. I lost five points and I'm just squeaking above Brent, but he's coming for me. I'm 16 and a half points above the spread. Chadillac, get us back on track. Get us closer up there with Brent. Have some comeback weeks. What you got? Wait, before Chad gets going... I need to compare his super dog and his bet the farm, you know, in a way. Anybody, I know no one watches the New York Jets, but the New York Jets' O-line is so damn good at run blocking. That is Chad's bet the farm. They're pass blocking. Zach Wilson is running for his effing life every play. That's Chad's super dog. That is the best way that I can explain it to anybody who's not a New York Jets fan. The way that I would explain it would be like – if Chad's Superdog bet was Texas Tech, then the other team would be a, a team that had made up of a lot of white players. That's how I was. <laughs> Did you not hear me? The Texas Rangers are going to the World Series. <laughs> oh, that's good. Slade, I ain't got no excuses. I've been dog shit in the Superdog. It's been bad. So I, I did a little outside-the-box thinking. And I went to a different source this week. I'm not ashamed to say it. I need help. I will not reveal my source, but those that know him know him as the muscle. And he said, take this team, plus 19, because they're strictly because they're playing Miami, who has played back-to-back overtime games. So I'm going to take Virginia, plus 19, because the muscle told me to. Nail it. Ballsy move going to Wade Meyer for advice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the muscle, the muscle, the muscle. Ballsy move going to Can the I muscle. My pick now? I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Lock it, Virginia. <laughs> okay, sorry about ruining your short stay, Chad. Um, for my super dog, um, I don't know, this one just kind of stuck out to me. There, mu- there must be something sketchy about this one. But Houston is plus 17 and a half against Kansas State. I don't know why Kansas State's good, but they're not great. I think Houston is one of those teams that's not as bad as their record says. So I don't really know why, but that one stuck out to me. So hammer Houston. Yeah, good pick. Um, When we started the year, we made futures bets. And one of mine was that Georgia would lose a game in the regular season. And they just lost Brock Bowers. So I don't know if this is going to happen or not, but my super dog is Florida plus 14 and a half. It's a rivalry game. They lost their, the best player on their team. Keep it close, Florida. Wait, just a few weeks ago, weren't you talking about how Florida lost the locker room? Isn't, I, that, isn't that when you bet Vanderbilt? That is true. Did that change your mind on Florida? <laughs> <laughs> They're back. Kevin beat my super dog pick i think ou is just due for a loss um they're getting close they're just due for one give me kansas plus 10 against ou it's gonna happen 
Mine is going to go back to an old reliable. Um, you know, it was the whole hype train is off the wheels, but they're coming off a of bye week. Coach Prime is going to get his team right against number 23 UCLA this week. They are 17-point underdogs, uh, but Colorado always finds a way to play teams close. So give me Colorado to, you know, hang in there with UCLA. You know, a big game coming out of their bye week. They've had time to wallow in that loss against Stanford. So give me Coach Prime and the boys coming out and keeping it closer against UCLA. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was our Super Dog segment of the week. Moving on to an all-time classic, it is our Bet the Farm segment of the week, baby. And it is sponsored by the Beer Box. Find the Beer Box there in Main Street in Vega, Texas. The Beer Box is the place to be for all your beer, wine, and liquor needs. If you're having a, a tough time farming or if you just had a good rain, stop in there, get yourself a sixer, and have a damn good time listening to the Triple F, baby. Updating our standings, you know, we just talked about it. Chad absolutely killing it in the bet the farm. He is sitting there at the top at six and two after a win, betting the Chiefs against his team with the Chargers. Eric, middle of the pack there at four and four. Dane, the first win in quite a while, you know, almost as much as it's been since the last rain. Um, he's actually now to three and five, which leaves our boy Brent, the former champion, sitting at the bottom by himself, all lonesome at two and six. Brent, don't worry. As Dane said before this podcast started, he will be back there to join you again shortly at the bottom. And then I am sitting there right below Chad and right above Eric, sitting there at 5-3 and three after a brutal loss with the Raiders because Dane picked him as his pick a winner. So that one's on Dane. It's not on my bet the farm lock. Blame it all on Dane. Chad, bet away. Let's go. Wait, I think Brent hates farming, so if he's losing bet the farms, I think he's probably actually happy. <laughs> Just something else. <laughs> All right, here we go. I love the Rams plus six and a half against the Cowboys. That line is skewed down where Cowboys lovers are like, fuck yeah, we just got to win by a touchdown. Let's hammer it. So that's one reason I love it. Also, the Rams missed two field goals and an extra point against the Steelers last week. So that game should have been a Rams win, really. Matt Stafford always plays good against the Cowboys. It's just a gut feeling. It's a noon game. Give me the Rams plus six and a half. That's a lot of points for a really good quarterback and receiving court. Yeah, good pick there. Um, Brent, I think this is the first time since we've kept track of our records that I have not been at the bottom. That's not I me mean, talking shit on you. That's just so dumb that this is probably the first time I have not been at the bottom. I will be back, and uh, whenever that day comes, it's going to be a very sad day, so I'm trying to enjoy this every minute that I can. Um, I didn't love any bet out there that I looked at, which is probably a good thing. Um, the only thing I kind of liked was the Jaguars versus Steelers under. It's set at 42. I feel like the Steelers are just that team that you can't score against and they're going to keep it close somehow, and it's going to be one of those 17 to 10 games. I think Jaguars win, but I don't think there's going to be much points there, so give me the under at 42. That's funny because when I was looking at that, I was like, that's the NFL game I cannot wait to watch is that one. Like, that's the one I'm really excited about. Um, I want Utah plus seven. Oregon is coming into town. This is going to be the game of the weekend for college football. I think that the like I think this is like a public thing. The public does not love Utah. Like they don't really, like, they don't give Utah much appreciation. I think Utah's freaking awesome. Obviously, they they oh they just win. So and they're at home, and I get a touchdown. So give me Utah plus seven against Oregon. Bet the farm. I like that. Well, guys, I'm struggling. I have zero confidence in my betting right now. I guess I should just take all my super dogs. And make those my bet the farms. I, I'm just not I, – I can't get it right. But And, Eric, I'm sorry to tell you, but my bet the farm pick is Florida plus 14.5 against Georgia. So could be bad news for you and your super dog. I'm sorry. But I think Georgia's due for a loss too. So give me Florida plus 14.5 at home versus Georgia. 
Well, uh, sorry, Eric, that sucks. Um, anyways, um, I had two bets that I really loved this week. Um, but gut feeling is just telling me to go ahead and bet the farm down on the Lions on Monday Night Football. It's a big spread. It's eight points against the Raiders, but the Raiders looked atrocious against the Bears, and really, even if Jimmy G comes back, I think they are staring a you know freight train in the eyes because the Lions are going to be pissed after that week. You know, you have the all-time juice guy, and Dan Campbell coming off a loss where you got embarrassed. It's Monday Night Football. It's prime time. Get an extra day of rest. I think the Lions are just going to absolutely plow the Raiders. So give me the Lions with the big spread, minus eight. Um, you know, just also as a you know side little sprinkle, I do like the Vikings over the Packers. It's an even bet. And I just think the Packers are kind of showing that they're a little bit of frauds out there. And uh, I think Kirk Cousins and the dogs are getting rolling. So I like that as a side bet. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all so much for listening to our electric Bet the Farm segment of the week. Um, we, we thank you so much for being a part of this. We hope you all have as much fun as we do. But more importantly, we hope you all get some bangers throughout your week. And we hope you all enjoy jamming out to Brent's all-time classics. So, Brent, as you always do, give the people another banger to send it off into this week. And, you know, take us home the rest of the way. Thank you, Slade. Well, thank you all for listening. Have a great weekend. Go out there and have some fun. Drink some cold brews with your friends. Watch some football. Uh, Hope your fantasy football teams win. And uh, this week's banger of the week, it's going to be Somewhere Else by Uncle Lucius. Absolute banger. It'll get your weekend started off right. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.
place River of song Take me away Take me Take me away 